Cleveland Browns get a big-time victory, first preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24-13. to We got a special guest in the house, John Costco, Pro Football Focus. We break down the good, the bad, the ugly. We also get to offense, defense, and special teams. We'll do it all coming up next on the next episode of the Locked on Browns podcast. You are Locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, your host, Mr. Garrett Bush, at GBush91, part of the ultimate Cleveland sports show, 11 to 1, Monday through Friday, of course, on YouTube, the Barbershop, 92.3 The Fan, Saturday morning, certainly other appearances as always. Always, always appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen, day in, day out, whether it is on your favorite podcast platform, of course, available on now on YouTube, closing in on 2,600 subscribers. Um, big weekend, obviously. Um, and one of the staples of the show always has been will be pregame show and postgame show coverage. And, you know, first weekend we got to go through this with Garrett. Obviously, uh, reviews, the listens, the downloads were outstanding. Could not be more appreciative. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, as Garrett has mentioned, um, one of the other big parts of this show has always been, you know, wrapping it up uh, the weekend post games with John Costco here. Been probably doing this about four or five seasons now. Um, John relocated, looks great. First of all, looks fantastic. Obviously, always got to do what you got to do to keep the family happy. Um, but for exactly. the Browns. And what we talked about when we closed this out, uh, when Garrett and I finished up Friday night, was the Browns needed a feel-good moment. Look, this team has been beat around for six months. Whether you think that's rightfully so or not rightfully so, this team you know, has been you know, gone through a lot for six months now. This team needed a feel-good moment. What they also needed is for the media to understand Deshaun Watson, without, you know, notwithstanding, this is a good football roster. There are a lot of good football players on this team. And we got to see, you know, that in action Friday night. So John Costco, John Costco from PFF. John, first things first. Um, this is a team that is absolutely loaded at the running back position, and most likely is going to have to lean on the running back position, uh, maybe for a while, maybe the entire season. Um, we know what Nick Chubb's capable of. We know what Kareem Hunt's capable of. We kind of have an idea who Dearness Johnson is. Um, when they drafted Jerome Ford, it was almost like, well, what's the point? What are you going to do with the kid? Uh, 14 touches, over 100 total yards, two touchdowns. And I think, John, the most impressive thing about Jerome Ford was at Cincinnati, they didn't need, need to throw him the ball. It, it, it wasn't So nobody knew whether or not there was some receiving aspect to this young man's game. But we know what the Browns like to do. They like to get the running backs involved in the passing game. But you talk about a debut for a guy who's probably considered the fourth string running back. It's a nice way to open things up. Yeah, you're, you're talking about a debut that really couldn't have gone any better and with one blip, which being the fumble on the on really, which was an an, an excellent catch, uh, made two guys miss, and then you know had 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 the ball stripped. But I mean, you're talking that first run, that big run that he had, uh, really good vision is what he shows, and he can break tackles when he when he has the good vision. Um, and he you know he, he didn't show the chops and pretty much the receiving that he showed in this game, 
but he can make some good catches. Obviously, he had the touchdown uh, over 11 yards per catch. I he had you couldn't have gone better for him, really. Um, and you know, fumbles happen, but um, I think I think what you see from him and what you got from the Browns running back room is that they they you know they don't do they really need Kareem Hunt back there? You know, he's not guaranteed any money this year. So I, to me, it's like a big question of you know you draft that guy, you've got the Ernest Johnson who's on the cheap. You have the, the highly paid guy in Nick Chubb. Do you, you you save that money by being able to trade him? Because there are t- there are running back needy teams out there, and the Browns are definitely not one of them. Yeah, that that's a very big point, uh, John. You got you got the, a guy like uh, Kareem Hunt who they looked to lean on a little bit this year, and I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall. He he's he's seen this guy drawing for it in practice every week. He's like, come on out, uh, you know this guy's good. Dearness Johnson is good, um, you know. If it was you, um, would you make the move? We've heard about Roquan Smith. I don't know if that's a, a thing that can happen. Um, but what do you think his value in the market is being a running back? Obviously, he still has some tread on the tires, not a full-time back. What are your thoughts on what the Browns could potentially get for him on the open market? Yeah, the problem is, is that he's a running back. And I, I think guys that are 27 years old at the running back position don't go for very much and um you know, from, and especially with his, you know, he's long past his, you know, his past of, you know, kicking a woman, but like, that's still a thing. That's, that's still a thing that will deter teams that say, nope, that we're, he's just not going to be on our, our team. So there will be some teams that could trade for him, but you're talking about a, a mid round pick, like a day th- or maybe an early day th- uh, three pick at best. And uh, probably you're looking at a swapping of picks type thing for, for him. So uh, he's a quality back and it's, but the thing is the position is just a, not a, a highly con- valuable position, especially for a guy who's already, you know, 27 years old, as old as he is, no, even though he doesn't have that much, you know, though many touches throughout his career, it is what it is for that. The interesting thing there. Um, and you never know, cause you know, with the running back position and I, I always use this one as an example, last year, the Baltimore Ravens lost their top two running backs in about 19 hours. So there could be teams that say, yeah, you know what? Kareem Hunt is not even a thought process in our building. But then all of a sudden, you know, maybe a decision is essentially made for you in camp. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Stump Mitchell, I mean, can you talk about a guy who's got the easiest job in the world right now? <laughs> hey, guys, just get yeah, – yeah, you're fine. Never mind. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, but, John, the wide receiver position um, – you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, obviously the blocking, the Browns value it. Um, you know, I don't think anybody's going to get up in arms over, you know, some blocking in week one of preseason, even if it did not look good. Um, Anthony Schwartz, this team needs him to make some plays. Obviously a tough night for Anthony Schwartz. But with somebody having a tough night, some guys get an opportunity they might not get. And, you know, talking about, you know, Dalen Baldwin, this has kind of been a thing here, and I know – People at Browns can't be telling me nobody's talking about him, but literally every time the Browns throw him the ball, the kid catches it. And it don't matter what it looks like. That's the key to it all at that position. Yeah. You know, he had, he caught every ball that was thrown his way, which is obviously something that Anthony Schwartz did not do. Uh, his grade for the game was, you know, phenomenal grade. 80, 89.7, um, you know, for a late arrival catches. too, because he wasn't here when camp first started. Yeah. All three of his catches went for first downs. All three of them were contested catches. So He's a guy that was out there making plays. Um, you know, he, he's 6'2", 218. He's a big-bodied guy, um, you know, undrafted rookie. So he, you know, who knows? Who knows? It's one game. I, I'm never the type to overreact to to one preseason game. Even Anthony Schwartz drops, I'm not going to overreact to those. Uh, his, his second drop where he tried to turn up field before securing the ball, he was trying to make a play, and I get it. 
Uh, the you know the first one was probably inexcusable, but um, you know I, last year Jamar Chase dropped five balls and on like six targets or something like that, and I, I think he turned out all right. But you know Anthony Schwartz obviously not the <laughs> not the guy that Jamar Chase is, but still like it's it's preseason, and I think um, you know Dalen Baldwin he showed well in the game. Um, we need to see more, and and uh, hopefully he can can build on that. Sean Watson, he looked a little rusty, rusty out there. Uh, looked kind of, you know, taking a snap under the center. You know, dropped a, you fumbled a snap, got a tackle for loss. He, I think he airmailed a, a pass to Anthony Schwartz uh, on the first series as well. Um, your thoughts, or could you even take anything from that um, when you when you saw Deshaun Watson? Uh, first throw was, he was, it was nervous, right? That was the very first throw rollout and he overthrew Anthony Schwartz. I think Schwartz was maybe a little bit shallow on his, his over route, but he still overthrew it by a mile. And I think that was his nerves of like, you know, excited nerves. And then he kind of calmed down, made a good play on a scramble, of, you know, the throw to, to, you know, Anthony Schwartz who, who dropped it. That was a good play. And then his last throw, he threw it kind of at, at the feet of uh, Demetri Felton with a defender right there in a, long, a third and long situation. I, to me, I think he was fine. I think you you want to get out there and get some that get that rust off your shoulders. At least get back onto the field and uh, get the you know the nerves calmed down because it it did seem like the whole team felt that nervous energy and they all struggled uh, in that first quarter. So once once he he kind of settled in, the team also settled in and you know they they obviously pulled out a, a dub. But uh, I think for him it was just good to be out there and get. Yeah, it's been over almost two years now since he's played a game. So it's, it's hard to do that um, and look good right off the bat. And it's two years, but also you factor in, you know, everything off the field that's going on. Now, the fact that I'm playing with a brand new team, brand new system, brand new players, uh, you know, guys that I'm not accustomed to. Um, and this is one thing we talked about with Deshaun Watson is look, you know, it, it's, can you put all of that off the table when you go out and play? I mean, <laughs> There's no way if you're Deshaun Watson, this cannot be on your mind every stinking waking second of every single day. And most likely, rightfully so, probably. But can you put, you know, can you park that and can you get back on the field and just go about playing football the way you did? You know, we'll see the way it works. Um, but obviously for the Browns, when he does and you know, eventually get back on the field, that is a huge thing for them. Uh, that they are going to obviously have to, uh, you know, factor in as far as Deshaun Watson is. Can he block it all out and just go out there and perform like this team needs him to perform? We're going to get some more here. John Costco joining Garrett Bush and Jeff Lloyd. Uh, we'll go a little PFF review here from the Browns' victory Friday night in Jacksonville. Look, over the last two years, when you've been locked in your house, um, you know, worried about money and so many other things, look, therapy, talking to somebody, getting your problems out there, you don't have all the answers. You're not supposed to have all the answers, but BetterHelp can help you get to the right answers. Life is full of twists and turns, and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. You need to get to the root of some of the problems in your life. Through therapy, you can do this and become a better you. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Several, several great reviews about the reaction, the therapy that people have gotten from BetterHelp. 
So if you need to, you probably should check this out. And well, they have a special offer for all of our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on, all caps, no space. That is 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Podcast. G. Bush in the building, uh, Jeff Lloyd in the building. We also have a special guest recapping the Browns' uh, preseason victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars, John Costco of Pro Football Focus. Uh, as uh, Jeff said earlier, make sure you continue to hit that like button and subscribe button. Make sure uh, you make uh, Locked On Browns your number one in your first listen to of the day and continue to support us uh, by downloading our podcast wherever you get your platforms. And, I'll, and I'll also make sure you go check out uh, John Costco. Make sure you're following him on Twitter as well. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the offense, fellas. Let's get di- deep into the, the defense here. Um there's a lot of names. One of the names that jump off the page for me is uh, as a defensive lineman. I, I thought Isaiah Thomas had a, a decent game. Uh, Production-wise, was in the backfield, couple of sacks, tackle for loss. I, I just think he's one of those sneaky – his athleticism doesn't, like, really just jump out at you. Like, oh, my goodness, he's so so fast and strong. Like, But he just – he uses his hands well, body position well, uh, you know, it, where he needs to be, uh, and, and he was able to make some plays. Also, De'Anthony Bell, I thought, played really well. I, I, I thought we would see more Richard LeCount, but I could see why they're playing a the young man, De'Anthony Bell, uh, a little bit as well. Uh, your thoughts on those two guys, uh, uh, John? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas had a couple of sacks, which is obviously always good to do in your first preseason game. Um, you know, I had an additional pressure on top of that. So he did have a missed tackle in the game, which, you know, it happens. But he, he I mean, you, you can't argue he had a, had a really productive game there. Um, and then DeAnthony Bell, uh, had, you know, from the safety position, had a stop, had a forced fumble, um, did give up just only one catch on, for nine yards. So he had a, another productive game there too uh, on 28 snaps. So those guys, those guys showed up pretty well. Um, you know, I think you know how much are they going to contribute this year? Probably, probably not much. Maybe Isaiah Thomas a bit more than than obviously DeAnthony Bell, but um, you know, obviously really two you know productive games from the from the two uh, rookies there and. Um, again, I never always overreact. One of the, one of the, the sacks was a cleanup type sack for Isaiah Thomas, but you like to see the hustle to get after it. And you saw the, you saw the energy and the, the, the motor that he has. So, uh, I promising debut again for another rookie. For a team that's going to, you know, not, uh, hopefully need a lot of depth, but you need to know your depth is going to be ready to go. God forbid when you have to call their name. One of the biggest conversations about the Browns in this training camp, John has been interior defensive line play. Uh, Jordan Elliott with a nice pass rep early, um, you know, Perry on Winfrey, probably, you know, still figuring it all out as, you know, things are coming a million miles an hour. And, you know, basically every practice you're going against Joe Batonio and Wyatt Teller. So, I mean, that's enough to humiliate you. Um, but then you have Tommy Togiai, uh, four tackles. I know there was one, uh, you know, a double team, literally absorbed the blockers. And we've talked about this linebacking unit. These guys can fly. What is the key when you have linebackers like this is you absolutely have to keep them clean if you want them to perform like you expect them to perform. So a little bit of a here about the interior defensive line play, because, you know, I don't think anybody really has any idea the way it's going to shape out. And I think maybe there's some hopes and thoughts about the way it will shape out. Many even got a wild card there at the, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, with Odom coming in, the USFL defensive player of the year. Um, And here's a guy, hey, maybe there wasn't an opportunity, but you go in 
you make some plays and everybody else, it's maybe kind of quiet. You never really know how it's going to shake out. Yeah. So like Perry and Winfrey, you know, from a grade perspective, had a, a struggle in, a, in the game, uh, just had one assisted tackle. Um, and as from a run defense standpoint, had a 38.2, uh, he's a guy that is much more of a penetrator type, uh, to get after like the quarterback rather than being a run stopping guy. Uh, Togi on the other hand is, is you're supposed to be kind of more of a, of a run stopper or kind of, and with some, uh, you know, bull rush chops to be able to affect the passer. He had four tackles, which was obviously good. Uh, two of them being stops grade grade wise. It didn't really show up on the, on the grade sheet from, uh, it was a 53. So, you know, he was getting, when he wasn't making plays, he was, he was kind of getting pushed around a bit. So Chris Odom though, on the other hand, like you, you mentioned him, he, he is a guy on the edge that. Um, you know, from a, from a pass rushing standpoint, had three hurries and a sack. He really showed well, I thought was, uh, you know, surprisingly, you know, effective in the game. A lot of this is, you know, first, first preseason game. Right. So I, you know, I, I always say, that. I just continue to say this Alex, Wright, I think showed well in a run, run defensive standpoint, but really kind of struggled other than getting one hit in a quarterback to, to get after the passer and Taven, Taven Bryan, I think, you, you know, I didn't know how they were going to specifically use him, but they're definitely using him on the inside to to try to get after the passer and stuff. And um, and he, he didn't he didn't do anything to get after him that in that game. But I think um, they got to figure things things out on the interior defensive line. And you know all, all those guys will look may be made to look worse when uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney aren't there to to help out to you know attract the the offensive linemen so they can get singled up. So. Uh, in these preseason games, you don't you don't get the benefit of of two studs on the edge to to take some alleviate some pressure off of the from you. And you know, I, I guess in that position, don't do you even need, do you need elite defensive tackles? I, you know, I you know from a standpoint of you know you want guys to be in there and and, and clog it up, make a couple tackles here or there. If they can give you a push up the middle, great. Uh, don't get blown off the football, but in today's game, um, I don't know if you, you need a Warren Sapp anymore. Your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I, you definitely don't. Um, you know, like my so my dad keeps talking to me. He's like, they need to go sign in Dominic and Sue, and it's like they're not going to. Like, it's not part of what they do as a as an organization. They're they're trying to go as cheap as they can on that interior defensive line where they can get at least average play. That's what they want, and. What, what it's, I mean, it shows like the difference of going from an average defensive lineman to an elite one is there's not that too much difference unless your name is Aaron Donald, who's affecting it at a much higher rate. You're not going to try hitting for that upside. You obviously want to hit that upside, but Aaron Donald's like a top two defensive lineman of all time. Like he's, he, he's an anomaly. You're not finding that. So the average offensive lineman and the average elite uh, defense, sorry, defense alignment, the average elite defense alignment, they don't, they don't move the needle. Like, you know, say like a miles Garrett on the edge does or a cornerback that's going to make, make plays in, uh, in coverage or even linebackers that can get it and drop out in coverage. Those guys just need to be good enough to, to hold up against the run. And it's still a question that those guys can do that right now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. The only time you're truly concerned about it is if, you know, it, it's short yarded situations and guess what? You do that. All right, we'll just go with a five man front. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And just try to clog everything up or have somebody hopefully shoot a gap mentioned cornerback. We cannot not talk about it. Um, Martin Emerson was the Browns first selection in the 2022 NFL draft. I think everybody kind of said, huh, really corner. Interesting. 
Um, but you got to see him and he played, you know, a majority of the game. He started the game, you know, gave up a completion early. Then all of a sudden, I think it was just like, all right, we're here. We are in this NFL world. Um, first thing you saw from Martin Emerson is length, man. I mean, you, this guy literally has basketball length with his arms. Um, you saw it come to fruition and how, knowing how to use it. Uh, you know, basically, you know, two guys juggling for, for a ball. Martin Emerson, basically, you know, this is mine. <laughs> this is over with. I'm taking this. Then throws a stiff arm. Jukes the daylights out of the cornerback. You know, basically goes on the diagonal to have all, you know, make sure no pursuit angles are there to catch him to go to the end zone. You are Joe Woods. You are a guy who has an, you know, an epiphany for defensive backs. You have five corners. Probably want to play all of them. I mean, you have zero issue at any – oh, your shoe's untied? Don't worry about it, man. I got a guy to go in. Let's go. Get a drink while you're there, man. You know, she made sandwiches. Grab a sandwich. You got plenty of time. We'll get you back in when you're ready. You're five deep at the cornerback position. Legitimately, at least three deep at the safety position. We'll see what works out with the count. John, the defensive back in you, like, what do you do in, like, a scenario like this? Because you're almost going to feel bad some weeks because you're like, man, you probably deserve more playing time. But there's 10 of you. I, I've got to get everybody some reps. But it's 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 kind of almost an embarrassment of riches right now for what's going on in that Browns cornerback room because we love Ward. We love Newsom. We know Denzel's a little bit smaller. We know Newsom's a little tiny. But then you bring in the bigger guys, the longer guys, A.J. and Emerson. I mean, there's nothing. Like, they have almost every possible flavor you could want in that secondary. Yeah, and the, the good thing is that um, – and Gre Greedy has the length as well. So you, you want – uh, there's no, there's no, you can never have too many cornerbacks, essentially. Defensive backs is what you need in the NFL in, in today's As game. opposed to D-tackles. <laughs> As opposed to D-tackles, exactly. You you have this – because essentially, Denzel Ward might get injured. Greg Newsom might get injured. Somebody might get injured. Greedy Williams has had a history of injuries, right? So while while these all these guys have, like, you know, ooze with talent, it, it's not a bad thing. So it's a, it's a good thing to have. Uh, you should remember, like, I always go to this. The Eagles in – uh, their Super Bowl run when they they won the Super Bowl, they had a, a secondary that played lights out and they had depth there so that they could rotate those guys in and out. Um, and you look at the, the New England Patriots for the past two decades, they've always had like a plethora of defensive back talent. And because they can, one guy gets hurt or somebody has to go in, they, they can just rotate them through. Um, and that's what you want. That's the, the Browns are building a, a powerhouse in, in the secondary and that makes life difficult extremely difficult for for opposing cornerbacks when your cornerbacks can lock it down there so you know one thing that we've we just you know i've been doing for the past three years is i've been charting uh all what we call our all coverage data which is we're, we're breaking down every single individual route how much separation guys are getting or not getting <clears throat> if you have a perfectly covered play the offense goes from like basically to a bat one of the worst offenses in the nfl if, you, if the quarterback can't find an open receiver but if you have one guy mess up they are instantly become one of the better offenses in the NFL. So the more you can lock down the, the opposing wide receivers, the obviously the better your, your defense will be. So and you do that with, with elite level type uh, talent, the cornerback position. Now you've got, you've got quickness and stuff like that with the Denzel and, and Newsom. you've got length and, and size with Emerson and, and greedy. It's a great room to have. Poor Joe Woods, poor Joe Woods. And everybody who wanted to beat him like a dog because he didn't have the personnel that he wanted. Well, I think we're all going to see a big, big difference in that. We're going to get back here with John Costco, Garrett Bush, Jeff Lloyd. Just going to maybe uh, hit on a couple of the Browns' big storylines thus far through training camp. Continuing here, your latest Locked On Browns. Appreciate you all for being along for the ride. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. 
Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball. Congratulations, Guardians. First place. NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. We back at it. Locked on Browns podcast. Make sure you definitely still uh, keep on on contact with us on Twitter. Locked on Browns on Twitter. Make sure you go ahead and follow us there. Uh, We got, listen, this is just the, the first of many. Hopefully we can get John back. All the time, we can get him back on the uh, on the post game recapping this uh, this thing as we go throughout the season. It's going to be a wild ride. Make sure you are in on that ride, and by subscribing and hitting that notification bell, you automatically get all the notifications of any time Locked On Browns comes on on any of your platforms. Uh, so we've been talking about offense. We got to the defense. Uh, now let's get to some of the uh, big storyline storylines of camp. I look at it like this. Now, uh, Coach Kevin Stefanski, I was out of practice uh, yesterday and went through the walkthrough and uh, basically was glorified walkthrough. And one of the things that you did see is the transition from Deshaun Watson to Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett got most of the first team reps in terms of uh, seven on seven in the walkthroughs and all of those things. Uh, how important is it now to kind of transition into Jacoby Brissett? And, and John, what is this offense going to look like under Jacoby Brissett? Will it be the same offense or will it be a little bit different given his skill set? So you can't do as many things as you want with, with Jacoby Brissett that you can obviously with, with Deshaun Watson. But I, I think you're going to see like the offense that we've seen Kevin Savancy run for the past two years in, in Cleveland. I don't think there's going to be too much different there. You're going to see the uh, the wide zone boot action type stuff with with you know featuring the running back so with Deshaun Watson you can feature the pass a lot more with with Brissett you need to protect him a bit more than than say you know obviously with Deshaun Watson so it's I think it's going to look like that and I think it's going to be it can still it's going to be a, an efficient offense that can uh, still move the ball up and down the field uh, you got obviously an effective running game and um, as long as you know Jacoby Brissett has shown throughout his career that he can be an efficient quarterback and effective quarterback. Um, are you going to say that he's going to take you to the Super Bowl? No, I don't. He's not that type of quarterback, but I think, you know, crazier things have happened. We saw Nick Foles do it and, you know, you have these one-off years, but I think transitioning and getting him prepared to be a starter week one is, is obviously important because, uh, you know, obviously the, the suspension for Deshaun Watson was six games and who knows where it's, where it's going to be heading to from at this point, because the NFL hasn't made a decision on the appeals thing. So You've got to get him ready to be the starter week one. And I think I think that the way they've handled it so far is actually pretty good. They, they're preparing that Deshaun Watson is our starter, but, you know, Jacoby Brissett is a professional. He understands the situation. He's getting him preparing himself to be a starter as well. And I think he's got to get familiar with the, the ones, and he's, he's doing that now, which is what you need to do. And that's going to what's lead into, you know, this week. Obviously, the, the, the story is the Browns are just going to take the joint practices consider those games and then, you know, maybe pull some of the starters from actually playing against the Eagles on Sunday. John, with, you know, the reports last week from Mary Kay Cabot about possibly Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you had just said, you know, with Jacoby Brissett, you think there's probably a limit as far as he can take this team. Do you think the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo talks are maybe hinged to if it is a calendar, if it is another football season for Deshaun Watson, is that something as as the Browns you say, man, we kind of think Jacoby and we kind of understand maybe he's got his limitations. 
you think that's maybe linked to if there is no Deshaun for 17 games, then maybe we think that maybe knowing what we think of Brissett, that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo maybe becomes that option then. Yeah, because I think we've seen, you know, obviously in, in San Francisco, two seasons of him, you know, one, he went to the Super Bowl and another, he went to the NFC Championship game last year with a bum shoulder. He was hurt, you know, so um, I think with with him, you you have a bit more upside, but you it's not a there's not a high ceiling. He's a guy that's going to be probably loved in the locker room. Um, I, I, all the reports that, you know, you, you hear from San Francisco, like his teammates absolutely love him. So team, the, the team will absolutely play and get, be ready to go at week in, week out with Jimmy Garoppolo. You just have to expect a, that there's a, there's a cap to what he can pretty much do. Um, you know, cause he had one of the best schemes in the NFL in San Francisco. Uh, and obviously had talent there and, and a good offensive line. He's going to get that in, in Cleveland as well. He's not going to have George Kittle. He's not going to have, uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and stuff, but uh, he's still going to have Amari Cooper. David Njoku's no George Kittle. Nobody's going to even try to, you know, you know, fudge that around. But uh, <laughs> there's, the, the talent in Cleveland is still is still uh, really good. So he could he could you know you know Brissett would be like a 500 type starter. I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo would be getting you into the double digit type wins. Um, he's not going to elevate your team like a Sean Watson could uh, because you know when Watson's on the field and last we've seen of him obviously he's he's a top five quarterback in the league so i think garoppolo can get you into that double digit wins and that helps to get you in a better situation in the playoffs it's certainly something to consider and you know with watson and the possibility of it being a full season and then the other thing is you know it, it, it's josh jobs it's josh rosen so what essentially i mean do you do in that scenario so i mean for the browns it's a tough decision to have to make and this is one that's for garrett and i it's just frustrating it's not about the length of what deshaun Watson's suspension is at this point it's about the fact the Browns need to know. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're going into week three season here. It's been six months. They need an answer. They need to, you know, look, if the, if this it is what it is and this is the number, then you know, we need to be able to go out and handle our business, you know, for what we need to do to, fit, you know, whatever it is as far as Deshaun. Maybe we have decisions we want to make, and it's kind of, you know, muddying the waters there as far as them planning what they want to do. One last one. John, you never want to back away from a, from a crazy take. 2022 on the horizon. Take for somebody good, take for somebody bad, NFL-wise, what do you got for us? Um, let's see here. I, th- I think uh, I think Mac Jones is going to be in contention for the MVP this year. Oh, my gosh. He loves Mac Jones. He, love he loves McCorkle. Love he loves oh, McCorkle. I, I love him. I love him. And, and you know what? There, there's so much There's so much bad noise that's going around New England this year. So much. Because they're like, this offense looks awful, blah, blah, blah. And it's like comparing – Tom it did Brady look great last year. It was successful, but it was nothing that you were you were you were not going to hang it in in the Louvre by any means. They, I mean, Mac Jones is an intelligent quarterback that's going to make good decisions, and he can th- he can has w- much more athleticism than what he's given credit for. He he ran like like the forty and the four sixes. Like everybody's talking about him, like he's like chump change crazy. and running into fives or something like that. But he's definitely not. He's a much more athletic guy than he's given credit for. Uh, defensive wise, uh, what's a good defensive thing that, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Miles Garrett's finally going to get over the hump and get that defensive player of the year award. 20, 20. Can we get that 20 sec? Can we get to 20? Can we get he, to 20 sh- piece nugget? He should be able to get there. Um, you know, he, he if he's as long as he stays healthy and, and his running mate over there and Javian Clowney doesn't have, uh, uh, any sort of injuries as well. 
he he can and with the, the the defensive backs that the Browns have, he should have an ample opportunity to be get twenty plus sacks. And be, and to be honest, last year Miles Garrett was a better pass rusher than T.J. Watt was. T.J. Watt, yes, he had twenty plus sacks and in, in fewer games, but uh, that scheme there allows him to get more of those sacks because he had Cam Haywood in the middle uh, and to, to just a bit help to get the pressure to him and quarterbacks fell into his lap. You saw Baker last year, like basically just have three guys wide open and then, you know, Hey, TJ, come here and sack me. So. Give me a hug. <laughs> and that happens a lot for him. And that's not to take anything away from what TJ Watt does, but like sacks are, you know, TJ Watt plays 800 snaps in a year and he gets 20 sacks. That's, you know, what less than, less than, you know, a percent of his plays or whatever. And the, what, what matters is the rest and how those sacks happen. And, and, and Watts is a fantastic player. He's a top five edge rusher, or if not even better than that in the, in the NFL. It's just Miles last year was better. And if and to be honest, any any year that Aaron Donald kind of steps on the field over the past eight years, he shot he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. No question, no question. <laughs> um, this was a pleasure. Uh, we got through the PFF wrap here. You know, Browns offense, defense from Friday night to victory over the Jaguars. You know, some thoughts here on Browns camp. Um, so always thankful for John Costco joining us here and being able to go through you know these ball games a little bit. You know, with a little bit more of a fine, uh, you know, fine comb. You know, get some things here that maybe everybody didn't see in the original broadcast. So thanks for John for joining us. Garrett Bush, G Bush, ninety one, the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, eleven to one Monday through Friday on YouTube. Garrett's respite is over. Get back to work, Garrett. 92.3 The Fan, The Barbershop, Saturday mornings. And, of course, you can always catch Garrett. You know, other opportunities on 92.3 The Fan. So make sure, again, you're following at GBush91. Myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. Appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Browns your first listen every single day, whether it is in traditional podcast form um, or, of course, now on YouTube. 2,600 subscribers. Numbers just keep going up. Uh, we told you guys, uh, look, it was going to be a nice ride, but once it was actually football to talk about, you know, this thing was going to be, you know, a freight train just absolutely loose on the tracks. And that's the way it's going to be. Um, with all that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.